0: Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to the Fabrication Friday podcast. I'm your host, Joe Fairley, certified prosthetist, 3D printing enthusiast, and owner of Ascent Fabrication. Fabrication Friday is an all-around fun time where I talk about 3D printing applications, conduct interviews with industry leaders, and much more. Come join us every Friday for an informational discussion around the evolution of the additive manufacturing field and how we utilize various digital workflows and 3D printing methods in our daily work at Ascent Fabrication. We're here talking today with uh, Sebastian Schmidt from uh, PP Print. PP Print is a German company uh, looking to push the boundaries of polypropylene-specific 3D printing. Um, So we're here today talking with Sebastian about uh, kind of his journey into the 3D printing industry as well as uh, their specific polypropylene filaments. Um, So Sebastian, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about PP Print?
1: Sure. Yeah. Thank you very much, Joe. Also from the invitation. Um, yeah. My name is Sebastian and um, I am co-founder and currently product manager at PPprint, a um, German-based company in the south of Germany, Bavaria. Um, basically, our focus is, as you already said, um, establishing polypropylene in the 3D printing market, especially the extrusion-based 3D printing market. And yeah, bringing this material that is used in several applications in so many industries already with different production processes, like for example, injection molding, and use this great property profile that polypropylene offers to bring it also to the field of 3D printing and offer customers from these um, yeah, 3D printing industry, the benefits that polypropylene can offer.
0: Right, right. So polypropylene is kind of a a long-time industry standards material, right? Um, So, you know, why why polypropylene and, um, you know, why 3D printing filament?
1: Well, polypropylene is um, one of the most used plastics in the world currently. Um, And this is due to the fact that it has a a broad property profile. So it's not only one advantage that makes it interesting for this industry or that industry. It's basically the broad property profile coming from mechanical properties, but also I would say chemical properties that make it very interesting for various different applications. So maybe talking about uh, mechanical properties, it is a very lightweight material because of the low density. And at the same time, it's very brake resistant and also semi-flexible so it enables a lot of applications like for example in the medical technology field for 3d printing for the booming field of 3d printing uh, orthotic or prosthetic devices Um, but also it has very great properties regarding the chemical resistance so pp is has no problem to be in contact with waters alcohols acids bases and therefore um, often used application is to produce, for example, tanks even, but also this makes it interesting for a lot of other applications where there will be maybe, um, yeah, the contact of any other substance. So this makes it more from the, um, yeah, from the side of the, the chemical resistance. Other benefits would be to mention very important, it's very good recyclability, uh, PP print can be 100% recyclable, or is 100% recyclable, and can be used in um, therefore several times. And the key aspect about this, because PP is already a very, very broad used uh, material in the world, the recycling streams are established very, very good. So it is not only theoretical possible to recycle polypropylene very good, it is also practical possible because the recycling stream exists. Um, why we're doing this as a filament is, as I said, bring this advantage and this property profile to the 3d printing market. And yeah, the idea of PP print, maybe coming to this is, um, based on the fact that round about 10 years ago, there were already quite good, let's say FDM printers on the market, but there was a lack of high quality materials. And there was a doctoral thesis at the university of Bayreuth, that basically had answered the question. How can you bring polypropylene through the field of 3D printing? And the results of this doctoral thesis were so groundbreaking, better than everything that was on the market at this time, that um, a spin-off, the PP print in the end, um, developed. And more, more than five years ago, uh, PP Print was founded then, uh, starting really uh, with a small product portfolio, I would say, just um, sure. the, the filament and maybe the base plate that we'll maybe also talk about, um, that we patented. Um, to start. Now, over the last five years, a lot happened. Um, different colors, different spool sizes, different corporations, several printer manufacturers came out of this. And yeah, so I think the goal is to establish this great material for several applications in the in the field of 3D printing.
0: Right, right. Yeah. And we, um not to mention that we have a, a great partnership that is uh, definitely growing at this point. Um, through ascent fabrication and PP print, um, I got in touch with uh, with Sebastian here. Um, what is it? Probably almost a year ago now. Um, trying to look around for more durable three D printing materials for the prosthetics and orthotics industry. Um, you know, working as a certified prosthetist in the field and having this three D printing knowledge through ascent fabrication. You know, we were looking to try to um, bring more durable uh, devices to the patients that could use. Um, FDM printed devices in a patient end use manner, right? You know, something that someone's going to walk out of your office with uh, for a long period of time. Um, So I'm happy to say that now uh, we have some patients out on uh, some prosthetic sockets and uh, lower extremity orthotic devices, um, AFOs, for more than 10 months now. Um, out in the wild and uh, being very active with those devices. So I can attest to the um, structural durability of of the PP print poly pro, um, you know, being a user of it myself, uh, printing with uh, a various number of the colors and on different printers. Um, I have noticed that it, qu- uh, it prints quite well, um, you know, and uh, always there's the, uh, um, the little bit of shrinkage that occurs and warpage that occurs that we've managed to uh, really uh, minimize as much as possible um, in order to achieve some really nice prints. So, you know, I'm, I'm really keen on uh, trying to find more use cases for that. Um, you know, we're starting to get a little bit into some pellet printing as well. Um, and so I have another question there for you with PP print starting out, uh, in the polypropylene sector, did you start out with pellets or did you kind of go first to, um, uh, filament printing or did it simultaneously, you know, develop at the same time?
1: Yeah. So in general, of course, the, the main nature that you buy polypropylene in is normally granular. So pellets, um nevertheless the main focus of pp print was first on filaments which basically came to the fact that five six seven years ago there was not a lot of granular printers on the market fgf printers on the market so there's not uh was not that high interest in in this because people just didn't have the machines to process the materials Mm -hmm. nevertheless over the last years um it became a really growing field to have granulas, and that's what we also offer for specific um, for specific printers. Uh, we actually do have a cooperation also with um, the printer manufacturer WASP from Italy, which actually specifically modifies printers um, for PP print to produce uh, our palettes and highest quality on their machines. Um, but also we work with several other um, granular fabricating um, machines and it works really, really good. And yeah, basically it is the same idea of the filament that is behind it. The material is always developed because this is an issue of uh, PP, as you mentioned, to have the minimum possible shrinkage in the part because this makes it basically or made it years ago unprintable because injection mm-hmm. molding grades were just shrinking too much For extrusion based processes Um, so this is the main thing is to take a look at how can you reduce shrinkage but you will and that is something you have to say about polypropylene it is impossible to have no shrinkage at all because as a semi-crystalline material there's always shrinkage because this is Mm -hmm. later on the crystallization basically creates the durability of the part Um, so this is the one thing that we optimized it but the other thing is the interlayer bonding We wanted to create parts. We're still talking about layer-by-layer technology, yes, but we don't only want the layers to be solid. We want to have parts that can be used three-dimensional in the end, so where force can come from any side and the part lasts. And that is what we also used um, as a key reference point in developing the material is that you can create parts that you can... um, put force on in all different directions in all three axes without, um, having a part that
0: breaks maybe in the layers. Right. Right. And so that's coming off directly off of the printer, um, with, with almost no post-processing, uh, whatsoever, you know, we have some really nice interlayer bonding, uh, that I've noticed as well. Um, you know, I guess getting into, um, maybe just any any post processing would you would you uh, suggest that people do some type of post processing to these prints
1: well it is different definitely always uh, a question about the application so definitely there is no post processing required for the parts and i would say 95% of our customers also don't use any post processing nevertheless there are different ways of post processing polypropylene but what you have to say every time is, PP is not the easiest material, which is basically the reason why PP print also exists because it has some uh, hurdles that you have to overcome to be successful. Sure. And the post processing basically comes to effect. It is a very durable material. So, the, whatever post processing method you use, you also have to flatten the material somehow. And current existing processes for um, Post-processing often don't really work. Nevertheless, we in-house developed a process also that is a chemical, a chemical vapor process in the end, kind of, but there are also more and more coming, and we're really happy about this. Companies to the market that can post-process uh, polypropylene parts quite good. Um right. maybe the company dimension who has a process there. And there's also um the, actually, I have a part here on my table that is uh, post-processed um, with, with granula, so on a mechanical base. So also mm-hmm. this could be possible. It always depends on what kind of surface you want to create. Nevertheless, right. if you print um, the part, you can definitely always achieve very good surface qualities without any post-processing.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I know that we at Ascent Fab, we end up um, taking a torch to uh, some of the parts in areas that we know are going to be um, areas of high failure. So the distal end of a prosthetic socket, um, some of the posterior trim lines or anywhere that's going to see high forces, we'll take a torch to it for a few seconds and kind of spot anneal um, those areas that I know that are um, prone to high failure. So that's, you know, one thing that we do for post-processing. Um, that I've found definitely makes a difference. Um, So annealing could be a possibility, right? Um, You know, vapor smoothing is definitely something I've gotten a few more questions about recently, about, uh, you know, vapor smoothing FDM parts. You know, in your opinion, is it worth it? Are there ways to do it cheaply enough that, you know, still makes sense for an FDM printed part?
1: So that is definitely the thing. So um, the question is, what kind of setup are you currently having to produce your FDM parts? And you always have to think about if your post-processing machine will be 10 times the cost maybe of your printer, then you kind of have to ask if this is the right process to go for. Um, right. So this is definitely the case. We are having a process in-house uh, at PP Print that we're also trying to develop further to make it available for, for customers. Um, nevertheless, we like we offer this service here in Germany, doesn't make sense for uh, maybe your audience in the US to send their parts to us to Germany and send them back. Right. But nevertheless, there are processes and it's developing more and more to go into this direction. But um, just to mention, as as you already know, Joe, um, is that as we have a skin certification for our P-filament, um, it is often also not so necessary uh, already because you already have parts that are suitable for a skin contact. Mm-hmm. Um, but also have often to look at the roughness. But it's not only the material you have to look at there. It's also what sure. layer, height are you printing, basically what printer, what quality printer you're printing sure. the device with. Um, I think it's definitely a meaningful thing to post-process parts, FDM parts, yes, but only in specific applications where you really sure. need need the highest surface finishes um and you're also willing um, maybe to go the extra mile also financially on this
0: right right yeah definitely you know using a 60,000 dollar vapor smoothing machine doesn't exactly equate to being able to 3d print uh your polypro with a 300 dollar you know artillery sidewinder <laughs> printer or something like that um you know but definitely an interesting uh pathway that you know could help with some um, help with some adoption, I think in some fields, you know, and in, in our field, uh, people look at the layer lines and just don't, don't see it as kind of a finished part. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, I understand that side of things from some people, but, uh, at the same time, you know, having to put all these different, um, you know, features into a low cost part, um, are definitely, you know, outweighing the, the benefits of having something vapor smooth, but, um, You know, I I also like the attribute of Polypro that it is not hydroscopic, right? So it doesn't uh, absorb moisture from the air.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I think that is a very important fact that we sometimes also forget because we only print polypropylene mostly in our facilities and our printer factory is that, let's say, compared to other technical filaments, mentioned maybe nylons, PAs, um, there has to be a drying pre-process, and that is really different with polypropylene. You can just leave out your spools. Uh, we recommend to put it in a bag or something like this just for the dust., um, but in the end, you don't need any pre-processing. You just can take it out of the box, put it in your printer, print right away, put it out, leave it for two months, and then use it again. So this really makes it easy for people to use and also to store, which is, I think, uh, a big fact. So this is something that uh, really makes 3D printing easier because um, I think we, you, what we're trying to minimize, and we also talked about the post-processing, is um, what we're trying is to reduce the, the process times and also the the steps that are necessary in a process. And if you can reduce any pre-processing, well, that's a great thing to have because it just saves right. time,
0: and money in the end. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, And and you did mention uh, before a little bit about your your surface um, that you have as well. Um, You just came out with a permanently bonded surface, right? Exactly.
1: So maybe from the surface, just the idea about the surface or just the the necessity of the surface. It comes from the fact that PP doesn't stick to anything, basically, which makes it a great material. To itself, really, right? If If it's a finished part... This is exactly what you want is a material that doesn't stick to anything. But um, that's good for a lot of applications. But while printing, it's obvious that if your first layer doesn't adhere at all to your metal plate, your glass plate, whatever you have in your printer, and it's just flying around filament there, um, it doesn't help you. But um, what we developed there, or there's a lot of solutions that you can use. I don't want to say there's not solutions, but... I would say the solutions that are currently there are maybe not so professional, maybe, or
0: usable. Not as streamlined, yeah, you know. Uh,
1: Yeah, so what you could do is you could do uh, tapes or even spray or whatever, uh, glue sticks. And that is also can work quite good. I would say with bigger parts, it can also be quite critical. But um, there is a solution, but it's not the perfect solution because you always have to, do a pre-process of putting on, let's say, glue um, or PP tape, and then it also melts. Um, so the first layer basically connects with this glue. So you kind of have to clean the part after. You have to clean your printer. You have to prepare it. And what we developed is our so-called P surface, mm-hmm. which has um, a quite similar um um, structure than the PP. And it enables that you can just print on it right away without any pre-process. Just like a build plate you put in your printer. You can right. print on it. It sticks very good while printing. Very, very good. And then you can print right away. And um yeah in the end you have parts very sticking good. They actually stick so good that we have to do one more thing at the end of the print. We have to heat up the printer. Right. Uh, A little bit, so the base plate, only the base plate, it's also not required to have any chamber heating for for our polypropylene, but you need to heat up the base plate to be able to remove the part very easy because it sticks very good if it's not heated up.
0: Right. Uh, So this is the
1: surface, the idea behind it, and what we now develop more over the years. We started, it has kind of a rubber kind of structure, I would say, uh, to describe it to the audience a little bit better. Um, and we sell this for in every size you want to from lot size one um, but for coming more into this professional side of 3d printing it is just necessary to have a fixed base plate that you could put in and out and um, this is what we do and also together with several printer manufacturers to mention race, there was um, also Prusa printers, so a, bi- a wide range of printers were collaborating there to create base plates that you can put in the printers right away, you have a solid plate and you can print on it right away and it makes it. So the goal of PP Print in general is to make plug and play solutions. We want that our customers have great success very fast. And this was not the case with polypropylene for years because it was hard to print, you always had to have a bad solution. Uh, support materials is also an issue, and now we're getting more and more there to provide a complex set of hardware for your specific printer. And then next to the um, the hardware set, we also are going more and more to develop with printer manufacturers specific print profiles for the slicers, so that you are having a great start that you can produce, um, yeah, great parts from from the first part on, basically.
0: Right. Right, and um, so it's not just the the polypropylene that you that you've developed, but the support material as well, right? So, um, yeah, can you take us through a little bit about you know why that support is uh, you know very necessary for some prints, and kind of how do you how to use that material.
1: Yeah, sure. Like like every FDM print, I would say. Maybe just focus on FDM. We also offer it in granulas but or in pellets, but coming from the FDM side, if you want to produce complex parts with openings, overhangs um, for you, also the medical technology parts, um, for example, an orthotic device, you often have overhangs that are not possible to print without any support in it. So it's just necessary. The same issue occurs with the surface, with the support material. You need something that sticks very good to the part, but at the end, you have to be also able to release it we're very happy that we also currently have the world, the only uh, support material worldwide that was developed for polypropylene because then I would say the normal support materials used, use, for example, PVA, uh, are not uh, suitable for PP because they just don't stick. Mm. And with our support material, it's actually the same idea. You print it, it's a breakaway support material. Maybe I can also say a little bit about this after, but um, sure. you print it, it sticks very good. And after the print... Um, you heat up the part to 100 a little bit over 100 degrees celsius you can do this in an oven you can do this in boiling water um, whatever you basically want to and then yeah. you can release the support material very easy because the connection between the support material and the pp um, decreases and you can just remove it like chewing gum kind of structure and also this support material what i want to mention is 100 recyclable Um, As you know, we also do this with you, we offer customers, especially in Europe at the moment, the opportunity to send back these support materials to us and get discount on the next order, because um, it is 100% recyclable. And as we are the producers, um, we think that uh, we are the best point of recycling. And what we now actually offer also is, um, and we call it the R-support. Uh, rp support 279 which is a completely 100 recycled support material uh, made of our own support materials um, just to create a circular economy and yeah so but also there you have to think about that is actually what we do and there's also what we were in discussion with um, is we're doing this in germany at the moment um, the recycling process and so we have to think about uh, when does it make sense to ship out the filaments back from other countries? Right. So, for example, if we are on the other side of the world and we're having 500 grams of support, is it really a greener process? Um, does it really have a better carbon footprint or however you would um, measure sustainability there? Is it right. really more sustainable to send it back in these amounts? And it's not. Um so we're currently developing processes to build up hubs also worldwide that collect for us, mm-hmm. and just to just to create something that is meaningful there. Um, yeah, to recycle support materials.
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, having that uh, availability to be able to recycle both of these materials, right? The support material and the PolyPro um, are definitely some advantages to using them. Um, you know, where there's uh, uh the. The company out in Vermont, what is it, the Filustruder Filabot, um, that has the uh, a pretty uh, pretty entry point, um, you know, recycling uh, machine for specifically FDM filament. Um, you know, is that kind of the the go to process? Are there are there other companies that you know of that are doing, um, you know, that kind of recycling in the U.S. or or some other countries where that would be available? Yeah,
1: so what we are currently doing, we are um, collecting the support material. We also have to say that because of our printer factory in Germany, where we only print polypropylene, we also have a lot of own support material that we use. So we already have a big base of support materials to recycle. So um, this is the foundation of it. So, of course, we're using our machines. Um, In the end, the support material has to be cleaned in a way so of course it, it should be um, well as much support material as possible in there and no other materials um, so this is something to take a look on we are using measurement technologies that maybe um, um, to see what materials we're talking about and to find out how pure the, the recycled or the material to be recycled is. Sure. Um, but there are possibilities, definitely, to recycle. And there's also coming more and more low-cost recycling possibilities to the market, I think, or affordable ones, where you just um, uh, create new granulas out of support materials, for example, and then um, reproduce them to filaments. So this is definitely, I think, the future also of especially support materials, but also of other materials to use failed prints, maybe also in the O&P sector. Um, materials that came back. um, So for example, orthotic devices that weren't only permanently used um, that maybe come back. Yeah. And
0: uh, if we could, you know, somehow sterilize that, you know, again, maybe uh, uh, heat it up to a hundred degrees C um, in order to, you know, kind of sterilize that, and then we could maybe uh, recycle it from there. Yeah, so
1: definitely uh, SPP is uh, sterilizable. And also maybe uh, an interesting thing is, let's say to to grab it a little bit more, it's dishwasher safe. But obviously you can also clean other processes. So this is interesting for specific applications, but the, the possibility to clean it is very good. Nevertheless, you also have to think about certifications. So our material is certified for skin contact, yes. And it also has an FDA approval. So um, it's food safe, basically, in the end. And um, but you always have to think about recyclability. How much pure material do you have? How uh, pure is your process? So we are currently figuring out, actually, with also a research project here in Germany with... um, Uh, printer manufacturers together and also O&P providers together to think about how we can do this in the field of medical technology to recycle materials um, in a way that it makes sense. Um, We we have a lot of a bunch of results there and there's a lot possible, but um, you also have to think always about, um, okay, you can create a very, very good recycling process where you can use the materials again, definitely possible, also Mm -hmm. for medical technology applications. But there's also the way of recycling materials maybe in a process that is not so expensive in the end mm-hmm. where or also it's not only about the production process it's also about the collecting process so how pure can right. you collect uh, materials in your facilities right. we, um, this can also be an issue but there's also the possibility of a circular uh, circular economy coming in the direction of a kind of a downgrading cycle if you use the material in medical technology, it doesn't necessarily mean, and this is the great thing about 3D printing as a cross-industry production technology, mm-hmm. there's also the possibility to use it for applications where, for example, in FDA approval, is just not necessary because right. it's using clips in automotive industry or prototypes for tooling or tools, molds, whatever. So there's a right. lot of interesting ideas also um, to see what is the best process for my company to go for to recycle materials? But PP offers all um, the possibilities to create great materials after for 3D printing, but also for other applications, of course.
0: Right. So is uh, the polypropylene also food safe then as well? Um, yes. you know, it could be, and uh, I just don't know. I haven't read the labels of too many, you know, food containers or, or bottles these days I've seen, you know, Uh, high density and low density polyethylene uh, but not necessarily uh, polypropylene uh, into bottles but would that be something interesting that uh, could be um, applied here
1: definitely pp is uh, everywhere in the packaging and food industry Um, so probably You and everybody who's listening, this had polypropylene in his hand today without noticing. Mm -hmm. So from the cap of the the water bottle um, to other packagings, uh, PP is used a lot in different applications in this kind, because it's a great material. Also in the um, industry of food production, PP is a very huge use material. So um, everything that is in the production of food in contact uh, with the food PP is used a lot. So there are several different great applications for polypropylene in general, also in this field of, um, um, yeah, this uh, world of packaging and food. And also interesting, it is definitely also for toys for kids, um, which is an interesting thing because you don't have to worry um, about... um, kids, for example, children taking parts in their mouth. You don't have to. They're sure. created by this. And it's also a very important fact. And this is why PP is also huge in these markets.
0: Interesting. Do you have uh, any customers that are in those specific industries, in the food industry or, or in the toy industry?
1: Yeah, definitely we do. Yeah. Uh, we have several customers that are working there. We have a bunch of customers that are working, um, quite a big customer from Denmark, for example, that uh, works, let's say, in the in the production of um, parts for uh, very big gastronomies, let's say um, franchise companies to produce parts for them. Um, And they use a lot of polypropylene there. Um, One application, for example, was a brush to clean um, fruit, actually. So fruit... Brushes where actually the parts were 3D printed um, for prototyping, but also for end applications. And then um, I think the English word is brittles um, were added to the the holder, basically, Mm -hmm. and clean up uh, vegetables. So this is, for example, exactly the part here, only food safe materials are of interest. Very, very um, limited there. Um, what it when it comes to materials, so this is one a big customer that we're working with, but we also have several other customers from this industry also uh, coming from the packaging of food, which is an interesting thing. Um, I think you also have to mention there definitely that not polypropylene is the great material for this, but you always have to see the application if three D printing is the right thing for it. And sure. when it comes to the packagings of food. It is definitely not a thing where customization is uh, the key um target. Sure. So it's like high scale a lot amount of products that are produced there. So um you should definitely think about if the production process for deep printing is there if you produce hundreds of thousands right. of the same parts, the right technology. Nevertheless, we do a lot of interesting projects there from prototypes also to end products. Um that um, yeah fit very good with polypropylene.
0: Yeah, maybe once we start uh, using our our black belt, you know, conveyor belt printer, maybe that's where we start to get into the high high volume uh, production status for for that's th- those kind of industries, you know, for for the really high volume uh, number of parts that they print. And uh, you know, I, I I looked at my uh, the bottle that held my cold brew coffee the other day, and I thought to myself, oh well, we could probably print that with PolyPro. Um, yep. make something that would be maybe even reusable, you know, sterilizable and, uh, reusable at some point, uh, by some, you know, local companies, uh, maybe in some smaller numbers like that and into the hundreds and thousands, maybe, and not so much 10 thousands of millions or something like that. But, uh, you know, I think 3d printing is definitely coming along, um, in the production status that way. Um, wanted to give you just a couple minutes here too to introduce your new uh polypro uh material here that's infused with uh chopped carbon fiber as well right
1: yeah sure yeah we can definitely talk about this it's one of our new innovations um so basically as you already said we are now offering also um carbon fiber reinforced um pp filament um also of course as always if or the 1.75, as well as the 2.85 diameter, um, basically as the idea just to make it accessible to everybody. And um, yeah, it basically enables, uh, which is quite obvious using carbon fibers, it enables to produce more mechanical stable parts, like even more, I would say. I think that our normal polypropylene can withstand a lot, but sometimes you need a little bit more stiffer parts or you have specific stuff and um, yeah that is basically what we're now offering also we're very proud there Was a lot of research behind this um, to develop a good material where we also have a great interlayer bonding where we um, also basically create a product that is high quality so we did a lot of research on there how can we develop a material that is great and it's very interesting and um, also offers again a new range of new applications um, also for, we call it hybrid parts. So the idea of printing with multi-nozzle printers and using um, our, let's say, normal polypropylene P-filament, a 721, mm-hmm. combined um, on another nozzle that maybe some parts of the um, product are reinforced. And yeah, um, that would be interesting for sure. So the idea is basically to develop... Um, a material portfolio even further where our materials stick perfectly to each other. So every different filament sticks perfectly to each other. We have great interlayer bondings and then we can create parts that go beyond what you can currently do with 3d printing, because you're not only producing one material with its properties, you can use properties of different materials. And um, yeah, the idea is also to develop this even further and to offer um, where we see the future is also in multi-nozzle printing, not only because of the speed, also because of the combination of, um, in our case, PP materials to create just create parts that are um, perfectly suited for the application um, that um, they belong to.
0: Right. Yeah, I know it'll be interesting to start printing with the carbon fiber PP to see uh, the differences in surface finish and and strength as well. Um, I, I could continue on, uh, you know, talking with you here, Sebastian, for, for a while. Um, you know, we've, we've got our time up for today, but, uh, you know, thanks for taking us through kind of an introduction to PP print. Um, if you are in the U.S. and would like to uh, try out uh, some of their materials, we offer a, a free sample test kit through Ascent Fabrication. We'll send that out to you. Uh, feel free to reach out uh, through our website, uh, ascentfab.com. Uh, or by email joe at ascentfab.com. And I can definitely send you out a test kit of their materials. Um, we will have some of this new Carbon Fiber polypro Pro uh, in the coming weeks um, for, for those customers that are interested in testing that out as well. Um, and we have a, a, a very large shipment from them just recently. So we have all of their colors and sizes in stock uh, with some of their newly uh, permanently bonded surface plates. So definitely some interesting uh things to try out here and um yeah thanks again sebastian for the time today i appreciate it thank you very much
1: for having me joe it was a pleasure
0: well happy fabrication friday everyone thank you for joining us today and uh happy printing and have a great weekend thanks